Hello and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Sox. And I'm Lori Sox. And today we're joined by Liz Plakta from Ruby's Rainbow. Ruby's Rainbow is a organization inspired by Liz's daughter, Ruby, that provides secondary education scholarships to people with Down syndrome or other intellectual disabilities. I love a conversation that makes me question and think and really explore what I believe in and why I believe in that. We're just so happy that we had the opportunity to finally touch base with Liz and talk about her inspiration and the power of believing in our children and loved ones, what that does, how that changes the narrative. And Liz, who was inspired when Ruby was just six months old, has successfully created such a beautiful platform that is actively changing the lives of individuals with Down syndrome, the community, the family, the narrative. And now to share that journey with us, welcome Liz Plakta. Hello, how's it going? Really great. Great to see you. You too. I've followed Ruby's Rainbow on Twitter and Facebook for, or the podcast has for a couple of years now. And so glad you're on. Awesome. It's always a conversation that we have uh, with people who come on the podcast or just in life, I think definitely in any IEP that a parent has about ability and expectation for our children and their lives. And I think as parents of a child with Down syndrome, we're forced to have that conversation more than parents of a neurotypical child and a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. And the conversation isn't always one of hope and possibility. Right. I was talking to one of the, the administrators of my daughter's school, and she's a junior. And she's like, well, now I, I really like to talk to my juniors and, you know, see, make sure that they have a plan. Whatever the plan is, just make sure they have a plan for after graduation for that first year or whatever, just so they have, you know, something that they want to work towards or, you know, their eyes on something. And I was like, that is such a gift that conversation, to have that conversation with a student. What is it that you want to do? Even if it's take a gap year, what is it that you want to do in that gap year? What would you like to be working towards and how can we make that a reality? And I don't believe that that conversation happens with our children very often. I say very often because I have hope. Yes. Well, I mean, I think too, it, it is the, you know, I mean, that's where the, our advocacy comes in, right? Is like letting these people that surround our kids know that this is our expectation for them. And, you know, and it's always forever changing. Like we're doing, we do an October awareness campaign every year. And this year we're kind of focusing on then and now and how, you know, kind of when, you know, we've done it every year since 2015, um, with my friend Kelly Hampton and her daughter Nella. And so we started when they were these young, little, bitty, cute, you know, I mean, they're still adorable, but, you know, um, little, 
little girls, you know, and, you know, the whole premise behind all of the October campaigns for us is like um, trying to cast this vision, right? So we were putting like the first campaign ever was them on college campuses, you know, like sitting there taking a, a test with college students and, you know, riding their bikes around campus and, you know, all of these things that, you know, we as parents hope, you know, that our kids have the opportunity to do if they want to do it. Right. Um, and so, you know, and then the next year we did went to Detroit and we got them like doing big things like in wedding dresses, getting, you know, getting married and driving cars and, you know, all of these things that we're just trying to show that our kids are amazing and capable and opportunities are out there and just to dream big. Right. So this year we're doing a lot of the things we're kind of re, um, we did a lot of the things that we did in that campaign this year, um, like with the wedding dresses and, you know, the them driving the car and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, the whole premise of then and now is like then we were just putting these cute little girls in wedding dresses and having them smile and, you know, take these pictures as to now fast forward, you know, they're 12 and 13 and like Ruby put that dress on and she knew what it meant, you know, like she knew like just the look on her face when she looked in the mirror and, you know, and, and, and she didn't want to take it off. You know, she, she understood like, Oh my gosh, someday, you know? And so you know, it's just ever evolving, like, well, you hope, and then you get a little bit closer and you're like, wow, well, you know, maybe. And then, you know, so I think it's all about um, just surrounding our kids with people that believe in them, right? And then just really letting them know, hey, you know, you need to ask them when they're a junior that, you know, what their dreams and their plans are or whatever, you know, which, um, which I think is forever changing, you know? You said that like dreaming big and about driving a car or going to college or getting married. And, and I feel like that's, that's the thing that for us, you know, as parents, what is just a given in most parents' mind, right? That's something that in our minds, because not everybody believes it. And there's still a lot of people, you know, um, we just had a conversation with someone and understandably so they had a sibling who's 55 and they looked at some of the people with down syndrome that are now getting the public eye who are having all these accomplishments and their comment was that was an exception to the rule but you can understand that because 55 years ago our kids were not allowed an education our kids were still being institutionalized there was there was so many other things that placed these limits and wrongly created a perception of Down syndrome. It wasn't a perception of Down syndrome. It was uh, it what they what they were seeing wasn't Down syndrome. It was the effects of societal like oppression. Result. Yeah, it was the it was the effect of that. Our oldest recipient, Mark Kubler, is fifty nine. Um, one of my favorite humans on the planet. And I mean, we've done several videos with him. I've done like keynote speeches with him. I mean, he's just this like dynamic human being. And when he was born, his mom will say the nurses looked down at me and said, you're not taking him home, are you? You know, and you know, she was like, the heck I'm not taking him home. So she took him home, treated him like his four brothers. And that was back in the time before resources, you know, and, and all of these 
things, um, therapies and stuff like that. But she treated him just like, you know, she had that expectation and that standard that she held her other boys to. And, you know, now he travels the country and, um, you know, does keynote speeches on inclusion and the importance of, you know, having high expectations and, and all all of these. I mean, he's just incredible. But that just goes to show what, you know, believing in somebody, providing them opportunity and just kind of dreaming big with them can do for somebody. You know, it's like a direct correlation, um, you know, in my mind. So, you know, I think celebrating those things is is very important in our society just to show the possibilities, you know. I liked in your bio how you said uh, that you you took Ruby home and you were reading books. And then finally you were like, I'm not going to read these books anymore. Gonna- <laughs> well, it's so funny because I'm not, I mean, I always slightly get embarrassed when I tell people this, but I don't read. Like I don't, I don't have time. It puts me to sleep. I'm just not that highly interested in anything that, you know, I don't know. Um, so... I came home after, you know, I got home, we got home from the NICU with Ruby and I literally had gone to the library and had this like stack of books that was like higher than my face. You know, my husband was like, wow, is that all it took to get you to read? You know? And at that point I devoured like all, you know, like a lot of the content, you know, but it definitely at some point I was like, why am I reading this? Like none of this is depicting this perfect little human being that's laying right next to me. And that's, you know, I know is going to do incredible things. So yeah, I definitely um, shut all the books and just kind of followed her lead, you know, and I've kind of been doing that, you know, ever since. I mean, I do my best to provide her opportunities and advocate for her and, um, you know, obviously we, she's been in therapy since she was three months old and, you know, all of those kinds of things. Um, but I'm really just kind of along for the ride with her. (laughs) Well, you know, before we go too much further, maybe be good if you just officially kind of gave a description of what that was going to be my next, yeah, that was going to be my next question. I was just going to say, maybe you could tell us a little bit about Ruby's rainbow. Because that was the when when you when you first brought Ruby home after reading those books, this was in your bio, and you just said for some reason that you wanted to help send somebody with Down syndrome to school. Right. Well, there's so much for the little guys, right? And I was so like curious about the future and like, well, what happens when she gets older? And you know, is she gonna have a job she loves? Is she gonna have friends? Is she gonna? you know, get married someday as she, you know, like all of these things were just like floating through my head. And this is before the time of like, you know, Instagram being so big and social media and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so, you know, there really wasn't somewhere for me to go to look, you know, towards the future, you know? Um, and so my heart just kept tugging me that way. You know, I got home. I mean, I kind of instantly knew the minute I held her that, you know, something was going to change. Like I had to do something to show the world that this little human that my husband and I created was amazing and capable and worthy of everything, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I looked at my husband one day when she was about six months old and was like, I think I want to help somebody with Down syndrome go to college. And we didn't even know if people with Down syndrome were going to college. 
but I was determined to find them in, you know, literally in my mind, I was like, I'm going to find that one person that's going to college. I'm going to help them be the best that they can be. And, you know, come to find out there's programs across the nation for people that have intellectual disabilities that, you know, um, you know, these programs are helping them, you know, step away from their families and learn and grow and make mistakes and learn from them. And, you know, all those things that we were, we got to do, you know, when, when we turned 18. So yeah, that first year, you know, I had a goal of one $2,000 scholarship and we were able to give out eleven $2,000 scholarships. So I was like, Oh my gosh, like, this is a thing. Like people are dreaming and believing with us and, you know, really, you know, not only that, but they're taking it a step further and they're investing in their futures. And so, you know, for me, that was just confirmation that a, it was something that a space that was needed, you know, within the community and B that, that awareness piece, like the second part of our mission is that awareness piece. So really just showing the world, people with down syndrome are amazing and capable and worthy of it all. And so we do a lot of that through our videos. Um, you know, we do like in October, we've got the whole month planned of just awesomeness. And then in March, we also have another huge campaign around World Down Syndrome Day where we share, you know, just about our recipients and what they're doing. And I, I pretty much share the things that I needed when Ruby was born, right? I needed to see the actual faces <laughs> of people with Down syndrome out there living their lives and doing doing their things. And, you know, um, and so that's a huge part of my heart and why I share. And I share Ruby, too, because people love Ruby. They're inspired by Ruby. She's funny. She's, you know, she's smart. She's silly. She's all the things that, you know, I wondered when she was first born. So, so yeah, I mean, that's another huge part of of what we do is that awareness piece and the sharing and all of that. And just a little quick side note, that first year we gave out, just to give you a little, you know, um, background, that first year we gave out eleven $2,000 scholarships. This year we gave out $632,000 in scholarships to 142 amazing and capable and worthy humans rocking that extra chromosome going for their dreams of higher education and independence so it's been just such a cool thing to watch this community lift not only ruby's rainbow up but people with down syndrome who you know are going for their dreams and we have about um about 10 percent of our recipients are degree seeking so that's pretty cool to watch like just how this wave of inclusion is really just changing you know, the lives of our recipients. That would be really interesting to just see how, how it's grown as the narrative changes. For sure. So when we first started this, it was like 98 programs for people um, with intellectual disability on college campuses across the nation. Now there's over 300. So it's definitely growing. People are seeing the value and the worth of you know, having this amazing community of people on your campus. Um, and yeah, so it's just been uh, really cool to see this, like I said, this kind of wave of inclusion um, and how it's really um, just changing lives, not only the lives of, you know, our kids, but the lives of everybody around them. So how old is Ruby now? She's 12. She'll be 13 in December. 
And she's wearing a wedding dress. I can't wait to see those pictures. She's already like, I mean, teenager definitely is a thing that describes her. So she's not too far off from already being a teenager right now. <laughs> no, she's not. Is she? She is already participating in that. Like they don't tell you that. They don't tell you like about a teenager. There's like just the brain and the whole, we're looking forward to a conversation that we're going to have about yeah, the way it how, develops and, and during that time. The development, because I don't, I don't feel like we get those conversations. For some reason, society thinks that our children are so different. And it's that. Well, when you see like these uh, adults with Down syndrome that are making amazing strides of CEOs of their companies or running Ironman or being an employee simpler. I can't tell you how many comments I see about or people, and these are family members of people with Down syndrome that say, man, this kiddo can do anything he wants. And it's like, well, he's always thought of as a kid, some, you know, as, oh, yeah. as, as, as a, a kid. Young, yeah. So youth, like not an adult, I guess, is, is the, the, right. the idea. And so we don't get those conversations of what your child is going to, we don't get puberty, in, in we don't pu- get yeah. sex, we don't get a lot of the conversations about now your child is going to be a teenager. I have a really great book called um, Untangled that was referred to me and it really, even my daughter who's 15, it talks about like why they're making these changes and what they need and they're like what they're trying to do because they're going from teen to like a, into adult world. I use it for I'm um, for insight into my daughter and I'm using it for that same insight so I can support Liam as well. And it's Yeah, I, the I, thought would be don't you need a book for Don't you need with a, Down a book about yeah. someone with Down syndrome? But you know, maybe some things he learns differently, but until someone tells me that his brain is 100% different than a neurotypical child, it's like there's I think that is the story that was fed to us for a long time and that's the story that a that just has lingered. I think there's a huge misconception that people with Down syndrome don't have dreams of their own. Like they, they, they want, they want to get married. They want like Ruby came to me last year. They were having cheer tryouts and she's like, I want to try out for cheerleader. And I was like, what? Like it was a total surprise to me that she wanted to do this thing. And so she brought home the paper and I was like, okay. And she made cheerleader. And now she's like, you know, like doing this cheer thing, you know? And it's like, I mean, she, that was her initiative. She came home and said, I want to do this. You know, I wasn't like, Oh, you should try out for cheerleader. Um, and you know, I mean, I think it's, you know, they, they want, they want to be a part of something. They want a job. They want to feel like they're giving back to their communities. They want to get married and have relationships and, you know, all these things that I think, um, you know, people think that, people with down syndrome just stay small, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, no, they're, they dream big, just like the rest of us do, you know, and they deserve to be able to go out and chase those dreams. So yeah, it's definitely a misconception. I think there's a human need and want to belong. That's just, we do, we do, we do. I want to belong where I am. I want to feel like I'm welcomed. And maybe that conversation, because, you know, up until not that long ago, they didn't belong in the classroom is how it was deemed. They didn't belong in the classroom. They belonged away from, uh, from their peers. But maybe now since the transition to inclusion is really 
you know, it's, it still has a long way to go, but it's, you know, in a lot of places, that's just what we as parents fight for. And once you are included and you have that belonging, the world opens up for you, doesn't it? Oh, 100%. Well, I mean, it goes back to that thing with Mark Kubler, like just providing that opportunity and believing in somebody can change somebody's life, you know? So being welcomed into that classroom and saying, hey, man, I believe in you. Let me meet you where you're at and let me help you, you know, be the best that you can be. I mean, you know, Ruby is in, you know, middle school now. She's in the seventh grade, um, fully in included in you know she navigates between eight classes and i mean does the whole thing like it's it's a lot you know but the the learning and the growth that she's got from that you know and the endurance and you know all of these things um but also just you know knowing that they're believing in her is such a huge thing but is she doing seventh grade math? No, she's not doing seventh grade math. You know, um, is she doing some version of seventh grade math? Yes. But, you know, I think a lot of the misconceptions there too with being fully included is that they have to be on this like academic level with their peers, you know, and that's just, you know, not, not the case and they deserve to be met where they're at. So um, I love watching her growth. I mean, it's been pretty magnificent this last two years, just watching her be thrown into the mix of everybody. I was like, oh my gosh, is this what we're doing? Okay. <laughs> yeah, middle school. Middle school. And I think it's just a different feeling. I think it's having someone believe in you and having someone set up to where you're preparing for high school graduation, you're preparing to go to college. Like, I, It's just something that there's you know, it doesn't have to be put into a word, but I think we can all acknowledge in ourselves when there was a time that just having someone meet us wherever we were, uh, whatever that looks like, and it looks different for everyone, you know, for, for, for Stephen and I, I think we had a really horrible elementary level where people didn't educate our son. And so now in middle school, like we really push for that. We don't give the option of not him being on curriculum at grade level because it was so like we don't give the option to the teachers now we're in a really great inclusive classroom so the conversation can be this is the bar I'm going to tell you that I know people in high school that because of the pandemic that might be juniors right now are just learning how to actually write a paragraph, which should have been learned maybe in the sixth grade. But even though they didn't know how to do it, there wasn't a limit put on their life. They're, they're, they didn't say, well, you don't know it yet. And the conversation we were always given is every kid will get it in They'll their own it. time. And for that reason... I, we kind of, we, we actually do that. We're just like, we're, we want him. Yeah, he'll get you, it. You, you, he'll get it. He has a calculator. He'll get it. And you know what? If Liam decides he's not going to get it, it's going to be Liam's choice. And every parent has whatever their, their fight is. And I think just because we were told so heavy handed that, you know, they wanted to pull him off curriculum in kindergarten 
they and they were like they when they everyone's opted, coloring everybody's like. color they opted not to educate our child they opted to have him sit in a science room with no aid no supports no, no nothing and say he can't learn science science is his favorite class now it was horrible so because of that when you say will will she do seventh grade math and that she doesn't have to that that's kind of like what was given to our daughter do you know what I mean like our yeah. daughter had that freedom of you know, well, let's meet her where she is. And we're kind of like, let Liam just, you're going to put the bar there and Liam's going to show us because we actually don't want to give anybody permission to not have that, to not have that bar. Do you know what I mean? Well, no, don't get me wrong. We have high, super high expectations for Ruby and so do all of her teachers. But for me to force something on her that her brain literally can't, you know, like this math that they're doing in seventh grade, she literally can't wrap her brain around it. So for me to make sure they know like, hey, I want her to be met at her level within that curriculum. I mean, she's still learning some version of seventh grade math, whatever they're working on, but it's at her level and it's not, you know, because I also want her to feel like, she is smart in that can succeed, that she can do work independently, you know, and all of these things. So she wants to continue to do that work and is, is, and is thriving in school and not feel like she's always behind or doesn't understand or doesn't know what she's doing. Like she had a teacher last year who didn't modify anything for her and she checked out of the class. I mean, she just was like, I'm not doing anything like she'd literally sometimes walk away from the class like they'd be out doing something and he'd be like she left again and I'm like it's because you're not like engaging her and meeting her where she's at you know so I definitely you know I have these high expectations for her but I also know that she does have down syndrome and there are things that this world you know, wants to put her in these boxes and make her do all these things. And, oh, she should be learning this or doing that, you know. And I don't care if she graduates high school and doesn't know algebra. Like, I never, I don't use algebra. Like, that's not my main concern with her in school is, does she feel welcomed and loved? Is she making friends? Is she learning things that eventually will help her find that job that she loves, you know, explore new things and you know, stuff like that. But, you know, and I tell her teachers all the time, you know, I'm like, I just had a meeting with her science teacher and I said, I'm not expecting her to come out of this science class knowing all of the things, you know, I'm just not. Because for me, I want her to feel successful and I want her to feel loved and I want her to feel valued in this community. And want to continue you know to be in the class so that's kind of the angle that we've come in at it is you know social socially and emotionally i want her to find that that balance and that you know because that gap has grown you know socially and emotionally with her friends you know now that they're in middle school um so just making sure that she feels those arms still wrapped around her, you know, she's still learning and still moving forward, you know, but um, also still feeling successful and, you know, like she can accomplish things, you know. When you were talking about that, I was just thinking how funny it is that, like for us, 
because of what we experienced, just the conversations that we have to have, like the conversations and the decisions that we have to make as parents. Um, instead of, I, I, I feel like, I feel like Liam is just now because he's in seventh grade and he's, this is a second year in this inclusive, um, environment with teachers that we trust, but now there's like new teachers and a new situation, but it's actually the first time that it sounds like you've had an inclusive environment a, a lot, <laughs> but it's like the first time that I've had the free freedom of, okay, uh, we're going to take Liam to school and now let's see where he is. And, you know, he came back the first day and he's like, I love science. I, I, I love science. Even though he was never given science and with everybody else in elementary school, he must have really wanted. I just it makes me sad to think that he was in that classroom really wanting to learn what was being put in front of him and not being given that opportunity. And I think you're right. And I think every parent does what is best for their family and their child. And I was just thinking when you were talking about that, that, you know, this isn't a conversation that I had with my daughter's teachers when she was struggling in math. It might've been the conversation. Like I would always tell my daughter, you know what, you're going to get it. And if you don't get it, there's a calculator on your phone when you get older. But for some reason with Liam, I'm like, we're not going to let anybody know, see our, our cards in our hand. That's how we feel, but well, we're... because you had that experience in elementary school, so you're like your mama bear is like, no, we're not, <laughs> we're not doing that. So yeah, I um, so we have a recipient, Rachel Hanlon. She's going for her master's of fine arts at Pratt, which she's the only person in the world that we know of with Down syndrome that's doing this. Um, we did a story on her this last pledge, so um, you guys can go. Google it and watch it or whatever. Um, we have it on our Rockin' Recipients uh, video page or whatever on the website too. But, you know, it's so interesting because I tell people like, you know, you have to figure out what's important for your family, you know, and that's different for everybody. Like for the Hanlins, it was, they're very uh, academic driven, you know, and just very smart. I mean, I always kind of joke, like I'm really not that smart, you know, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't go to college. Like, I mean, I, I love high school, um, because I love my friends. I'm a people person, you know, that to me is like, what's important is that community. And, and, you know, my friends are like my family and they still, they still are from even back then. So, um, you know, but the important thing for them was, you know, like she graduated with a diploma and then went to, um, she went to Cal Arts Institute for her BFA. And then now she's getting her MFA, you know what I mean? And so, but, but if you like, and you can go back and watch the video, but when you're talking to them, like her dad even says like, you know, we worked so hard on this because this is what is important that a lot of her independence is not there, you know, cause they didn't work on, you know, her living independently or having this like huge network of friends and community and stuff like that. Right. So, you know, I always tell people, you just got to figure out the thing, like, what's your thing? What's the most important thing to you, you know, and ours is like that community and, and friendship piece, you know? And so, you know, I love that you guys are holding that standard and, and making the, 
people that are surrounding him believe in him and raise that expectation to where you have it because that's what you got to do you know because if you're not dreaming and believing it for him then nobody's going to be doing it you know I think dreaming and believing for our kids is kind of new like it's not new to everyone because there are certain people who did it when it wasn't something that was even um like a possibility. Do you know what I mean? Like well, some when, people when did Liam that. When Liam got home from the NICU right away, Lori was like, listen, Liam can do whatever he wants. He can, he's going to succeed in any way he chooses. Um, and he's, and I said, yeah, you know, he, he go to college and, and Lori was like, yeah, he go to Harvard, you know? And I was, and I was like, uh, in my mind, I was adjusting to that. Like, okay, I, I just reached out and said, maybe he could go to college right now. I'm, I'm got to wrap my mind around. He can go to Harvard. Well, how would I ever tell any uh, of my children that they can't do something? I mean, we like I, I had a discussion yesterday. We often say, you can be, hey, kid, you could be the president one day. You could be an astronaut. You could be a physicist, you know, uh, the, the new, you know, uh, Einstein. Now, the chances of that are really low for anybody. I mean, we're talking about people that go into space. It's just a few of those people. Presidents, there's, you know, 45 of them, whatever. Uh, but you don't know how many presidents. Uh, 46. Have sorry. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I didn't know either. Hey, man. I'm I saw how he was like, 45 like, uh, uh, or uh, uh, whatever. Okay. I don't so know. I'm not the Einstein. But <laughs> we say that because that shows a belief in our children that, hey, you can be whatever you want. If you want to be an astronaut, sure. Not, not, not every kid's told that, but that's kind of the, the idea that we do. Well, that's like off the table. It has been off the table for a long time with kids with Down syndrome. It's just like, well, maybe they'll kind of like do Well, because something. you say, you say, well, you can be this. You've got to do the work. That's what follows. You can be this. I believe anybody can be anything they want to be. They just have to do the work. And for some people, that work looks different than others. A lot of people have privilege that would make it a little bit easier. And then some people have circumstances that make it harder. But if it's something that they want... You can, and I believe that with all my heart that it does. And I'm not ignorant. I know people have challenges. I I know I know the world, but I would never take that possibility away from another human. Like I don't care if someone said this is what I want to be, and I was like, in my brain, I was like, oh my god, that's really hard to do. <laughs> I would still be like, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. You're gonna do this. Well, You're gonna you do it. <laughs> But for our kids, they don't. And I think it's just like because they don't think the next sentence about you got work to do, like for a uh. lot um, historically, that work was just wasn't on the table, that that wasn't an ability, that wasn't a capability. That's a huge part of why these like October campaigns and you guys should go back and look at some of the pictures. They're so I mean, it's just like the imagery is incredible. My friend Kelly is just an amazing photographer and these ideas that we've had over the years of like, you know, Ruby and Nella go to work. So like one year we had them doing all sorts of, you know, everything from waiting tables to being chefs to uh, board meeting rooms to, you know, so we're like these little, you know, <laughs> innocent, cute little girls we're putting in these big, you know, all of these big things. And so, um, you know, that's really the, the premise behind the whole thing is to put that out into the universe and say, Hey man, possibilities are endless. You know, yeah. like 
just start dreaming and believing and, and who knows what'll what'll come and what'll happen, you know, but don't limit um somebody based on, you know, a diagnosis or or whatever because you never know. So yeah, it's been it's been fun to watch every year the campaign kind of grow and morph into, you know, something different every year we're like gosh well what are we gonna do next year you know and then it just comes it's like organically just like oh well let's do this so um but yeah definitely i think just keeping that expectation high and dreaming big and knowing that that there's possibility and opportunity for every single human you know if if you're going for it go for it we can give permission to dream you know we can and i think sometimes unfortunately um that permission has to be given like people like people who haven't been able to dream for a long time um, to hear it that like, you know what, there's endless possibilities. So let's let's change the story. Let's 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 open it up. I say this all the time. Like my favorite emails are from new moms who were just distraught at the diagnosis, just crying and fearful and, you know, crying tears of sadness and fear and all these things. And then they'll email me and be like, Oh my gosh. And then I found Ruby's rainbow and I saw these faces of, I mean, I get chills just thinking about it. I, I saw these faces of people with down syndrome that were out there living their dreams and, you know, um, having friends and jobs and going to college and, you know, doing all of these things that like you just thought, just with a diagnosis with poof gone, you know? And it's like, no, man, look, they're be they're out there, you know, living their lives and, and have full, happy, you know, lives. And, um, you know, I, I just think that that one little thing has changed that child's trajectory. You know, it's like they were thinking this and they're like, Oh wait, no. Okay. No, we're going over here now. And whether they go to college or not, like I said, I didn't go to college. So it's like college isn't for everybody, whether they go to college or not, just dreaming and believing and knowing that that opportunity is available and having everybody else around that child believe that that opportunity is available and we're going to hopefully get there. But if we don't, you know, whatever but i mean i think that is so powerful and i think really can change somebody's life you know what's well, the opposite of what we had mentioned earlier in the conversation when years ago and not so long ago our kids were told and parents were told all the no's all the things they're not going to do right off the bat just take that off the table that sets in stone almost like this trajectory that is not a distant one. It's, it's like this, you know, where are we going to go now? We're kind of battling this, not only perception, but it feels real. And now to see all the photos of, of, of people with Down syndrome and other disabilities in, in, in graduation robes, college graduation robes. I mean, that's like it's amazing. Incredible. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> where that just lifts the whole community. I think about these programs, uh, you know, of course, people with Down syndrome are going to colleges. And there's also uh, uh, programs in colleges that they could apply for. I was surprised by the additional expense for these programs. Right. I was a bit distraught by it, too. It's just another roadblock. In some cases, they're paying full tuition plus a program fee, you know. I mean, that's why I 
shout as hard as I, loud as I do and work as hard as I do to, you know, just raise as many funds as we can and, you know, show the world how capable our kids are um, because it isn't cheap. You know, but do they deserve to have the same opportunities? Yes, a hundred percent. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely why um, I do what I do. <laughs> well, you said it felt real, like this trajectory that we were put on. It felt real. Yeah. Because they had made it real. Yeah. No, do you know it what I mean? Yeah. But then, like, what you're doing, um, because when is Ruby's birthday? Because Liam's thirteen. December, right? Is it December? Yeah. Okay, December, because Liam's February. So we were pregnant at the same time. <laughs> oh, wow. And Liam was in the, Liam was in the NICU for 75 days. And oh, wow. Ruby was also in the NICU, right? She was, um, but only for three weeks. So. That's still a long time. No, that's a that's long a time. That's a long time. That's yeah. a lot of, that's a, that's a lot. And, and I just think about that. We had the same experience. Probably we had the experience where, you know, we just, any information was just so hopeless. And so because of the information was hopeless, then it became hopeless. We became hopeless and parents have such an impact in their children. I think anybody can, any, any human living can say that in some way, one way or another, their parent or caregiver impacted them, you know, and if, if we're, if the narrative that like, we don't know any better. So that's, that's how it became real, right? It wasn't the chromosome. That's just how it became real. But then you create this beautiful program that is a different real, and it's a truer, it's a true real, you know, it's, it's like based in possibility, based in the fact that our kids are humans and equal and they get the same choice of, do I want to go to college? Do I, do I not want to go to college? Cause you're right. A lot of people don't want to go to college. Do I want to travel? What do I like? Do we ask our kids what they want to be when they grow up? Is that like, that should be a part of our conversation. What do you want to be? And it's going to change all the time from, you know, like in elementary school, it's firemen. Ruby want to be a doctor. And now she loves getting shots and getting her blood drawn. She's one of those freaky deaky people that's like, right here, this is the vein, like get my blood. Cause she has to get her blood drawn like every three to six months or something. And so, um, you know, she just, I mean, that wasn't always the case, but someone, I don't even remember when, maybe when she was like seven, something snapped and she was like, oh, I like to do this. So um, she said she wanted to be a doctor, but now it's morphed into she wants to be a chef. So it's a forever changing, you know, thing, which I love because nobody knows what they, I mean, my oldest daughter wanted to be a, a vet until she realized she didn't like science, you know, and it's like, well, that's kind of a big part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia, I think, wanted to be a doctor until she realized she doesn't like shots or needles. Yeah, it was and like then the other it was way. like, mm, well, let's think again. Yeah. Let's choose, choose. How else can choose. I help people? But you, so I want to, I want to talk about, so you did this when Ruby was just six months old. This is the idea. And this is what you began creating and how you're changing the narrative. So you raise funds. So let's talk about, so we'll have all the links to those things that you were talking about and, and the different programs. And is there a place, is there also a place where people can find the, the programs that are available to 
Yes, yes. So thinkcollege.net is a great resource. Um, we also have it linked on our website if you scroll down to the bottom of the homepage. Um, I think it's on the bottom of every page, actually. Um, but it is a fabulous resource. You can literally go there and type in your state or your zip code, and it'll pull up you know, all the programs in your area or nationwide. Um, so yes, that is a fabulous resource to find programs in your area. And your website is rubiesrainbow.org. Yes, it is. All right. Well, everyone, everything can be found there. I do want to go back to the costs. Our, our daughter is a junior and, you know, we've been looking ahead at her college possibilities for a while and, and families save up for that. Um, I could see how 18-year-old kids with Down syndrome, their parents may not have prepared as well for this moment. I mean, we're living in the moment, right? We're trying to give our kid everything now, right? So the therapies and all the things like we're, we're spending all that money now trying to get them to that point, you know, and we don't have the thought or maybe even the resources to also be saving for that. Or maybe you don't even know that, you know, that's something that they want to do or that the opportunities are there. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, actually, I know a lot of parents get to when their kids graduate from high school and then they want so desperately for and the their kid wants so desperately i mean all their friends are off going to college and doing these things you know and so they're just like well this is what i'm supposed to do this is what i want to do you know but the reality is it's very expensive um some programs are um so so yeah i mean it's um Definitely a reason why we're here. Our scholarships are between one and ten thousand um, dollars. People can apply every year. Oh, they can they can apply for every year of their ex college experience. Yes, our application opens in January and then it usually closes mid-April, so for the fall of that year. And we always tell people to apply whether they don't know if they've gotten into their program. I mean, that's another thing. These programs are highly competitive. You know, there's only a certain number of people that they take each year. Um, so. So it is like getting into Harvard. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. And I think, you know, definitely applying to several colleges is probably better than just putting all your, your eggs in one basket, so to speak. But yeah, I mean, bottom line is it's, you know, it's not cheap, but, but what these programs are providing these students is incredible. I mean, we have, I have parents, I mean, I have, I'm so lucky. I'm like, I get like a little insider view into, you know, what happens, you know, once the, the students are, you know, they, they'll come home for their Thanksgiving, you know, they've been gone, you know, a semester, they come home for Thanksgiving. And, you know, their parents are like, who is this person? I mean, the independence level that they've gained, you know, and they're Ubering or they're, you know, come home and they're looking for a part-time job while they're home on their own. You know, just like these, these things that when you're kicked to the curb and you have to do things for yourself, you have to do things for yourself, you know? And I'm, I am number one bad at... I do things for Ruby when I shouldn't, you know, because it's faster and it's, you know, and that would inevitably continue if she stayed living with me, you know, after she graduates high school. So 
just having this opportunity for them to step away and take pride in that independence and really kind of be able to explore and, and explore new experiences and things that they they love and and you know meet new people and have a whole new family and network of friends and um you know and i think that pride piece is just so huge and also about i don't remember the percentage but it's probably like in the 80s i gotta go back and look at our impact report but you know they're they have employment after you know so they're not only are they you know they're not graduating from these programs with a diploma or a um you know like a degree or anything um but what they're gaining is this whole you know independence piece and and learning about more about themselves and who they want to be and you know what they want to do with their lives and you know all the, the stuff that we learn when we were kicked to the curb um and you know you can't really put a you know a price on that like they they can't learn that living at home so it's just really incredible to see the growth that comes with them you know kind of being out there on their own doing their own thing because that's what college is right like yes. you, when you graduate i because this is the conversations that i was these are the conversations i was having the other day for my daughter and that's you know when they graduate they're just 18 and they're still young but they're adults in the eyes of society and this there's this window of time that we call college that they get to choose what they want to study or possibly do for the rest of their lives and they get to learn more about it and that's such a great big part of it yeah well, and another big part of it too is like that the making the mistakes. You know, I think that's like everybody's fear is like, you know, especially having a kid with a disability is like, oh, you're going to make mistakes. Ah, but it's like, no, that's when you learn the most is when you are allowed to make those mistakes on your own and figure out, oh, and these programs are helping them make these mistakes in a safe environment where they can learn from them. And, you know, I mean, that's a life skill, right? Is like yeah. making those mistakes and, and being able to navigate out of it, learn from it or do whatever, you know, I mean, I think about how many mistakes I made growing up, good, good gravy. Cause we were allowed to, right? We were allowed. Mm -hmm. And that's real inclusion. Like I really am looking forward to the time when our kids just have all the opportunity and possibility, all the opportunity and possibility. That's really quality when we see them as like not everything has such a weight on it. We don't have to make these decisions when they're, you know, three days old. We don't have to take anything off the table. Nothing has to be taken off the table because life is is built one day at a time. You're made by each each choice that you make. And I tell both of my kids, like you get to create your life. And if you don't like where it's going, go change the path. But you get to create that. You're not a victim in your life. And it goes back to how the diagnosis is delivered, that it is a victim. You are this, you know, whoa and everything. And I love that parents have a baby and then Ruby's Rainbow is out there showing them the difference. Ruby's Rainbow is out there showing them, you know, a new story that that really supports all of this possibility and I, we talk about like, you know, in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and then there's the, the governor who's, what is he called? Oh, he's oh, like the, the, he's the, the burgermeister, the burgermeister. <laughs> and he's like, and he's got these limits, you know, and he's really limited. But then 
Rudolph really changes things, right? And then slowly that pitcher goes away and that pitcher falls. And then yeah. these kids in this village and- You forget like, the Burgermeister You was forget ever there. the Burgermeister was ever there. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying to take that Burgermeister out of this story. Yeah. Right? That's And that's that's really like, and you're like Rudolph. I love it. I love it. I know you had a question, but I want to know why rainbow, like Ruby's rainbow. What made you choose the rainbow? Um, I think just the, you know, I've always looked for the positive and things. So rainbows, unicorns, like, I mean, obviously I have my unicorn friend back there. Um, you know, the possibilities are endless. You know, when I think of a rainbow, I think of, you know, it comes out of, you know, usually comes out of a storm. Right. So like, here we are now with this beautiful rainbow you know we got our little pots of gold at the end of it so (laughs) and it's like a beautiful bridge too i feel like it's such a beautiful because i was thinking it's like a beautiful bridge over that you know it's it's really beautiful did you No, no i had just my only question was just kind of like get to a little bit of the nuts and bolts of of things yeah like we did talk about like how to apply for a scholarship but uh you know donating um how do you raise all these funds i mean is, is it mostly individual uh, donations? It is. So we fundraise uh, twice a year, um, pretty much. In the summers, we have bowling tournaments. Um, it's called Ruby's Rock and Rainbow. You know, community is a huge part of my heart and what we do here at Ruby's Rainbow. And so, you know, my dream is to have those everywhere. But then our biggest one is our 321 pledge, you know, huge awareness campaign um, leading up to World Down Syndrome Day. Um, but we're also asking people to donate 21 bucks and share it with three people. So, so we call it the 321 pledge. <laughs> and yeah, this past year we raised $650,000 in the two weeks. Um, our average donation was around 70 bucks. So really just kind of shows you like how many people are coming together to say that they are dreaming and believing with us and, you know, again, investing, you know, taking it that step forward and investing in the futures of people with Down syndrome. And so I love it so much that it's just like this organic, you know, I mean, we don't have these huge like corporate sponsors or, you know, whatever. It's just this, this amazing little community coming together from across the world. I mean, we had people donating from, you know, I don't even remember now, 22 different countries or something. Um, Just all coming together to say, hey, man, you guys matter. And we want to see you be the best that you can be. And so that is uh, a big, a big one. And one of my favorite times of the year, because we have so much goodness to share. Well, it, it, you know, it helps someone go to college. It helps college courses for people with disabilities to be developed. I mean, it, it, it makes awareness that college is a possibility, which also allows people to dream for that and then successfully move on to college. It's just beautiful. It's really such a beautiful Thank you. thing you started that has, yeah, grown into this thing. I mean, like more than a thing. I have to pinch myself all the time. This is what I get to do and that there's so many amazing people out there that are loving and supporting us. And, you know, it really, like I never would have imagined, you know, the first time I held Ruby, you know, 12 years ago that, that she would make such an impact, 
you know, in this world and um, just really, you know, it, I knew she would make a huge impact in my life, you know, but to see her, you know, out there just living her life and being Ruby and people just inspired by her. And I feel very, very blessed that that little chromosome is a part of our family. <laughs> Well, you saw her possibility and you help parents see the possibility, which, you know, and then you, we, it just changes everything. It's a domino effect where, you know, we, we are such an impact in our kids' lives and, and it's just create a new narrative, which I love. People don't have to wait until March to donate. Uh, there is a button and you could do a one-time donation. We'll have the link to your website. You could do a one-time donation or you could do a monthly donation if you want. Um, do you send out reminders if they said sign up for the newsletter for the, the March? Yes. So they also on our website, they can um, sign up for the newsletter and then they'll get um, our emails for that. We actually created a whole nother website for our pledge. It's called the 321pledge.org um, because my, my dream was to show people that they could make an impact simply by sharing. So once you donate, you get a link that you share. And once people start donating underneath you, it starts creating this like beautiful sunburst. So like people that donate directly underneath you are like a red ring and then people start donating underneath them. And it just keeps like going out and out and out. And it's just such a cool um, visual to know that, you know, it's not just about the money. It's about also spreading the word that people with Down syndrome are amazing, capable, and worthy of it all. And so it's really cool to see that grow. It is an amazing visual for the impact of a word or a thought either way. You know, if you look at that rainbow and you say, hey, I told these people like to believe in my child and what my child can do, and then they told these people, and I think it's the same visual for how we impact our children. I mean, it's, that is, that's the truth that we don't think about. It's a concrete thing that we, we do have the power to really impact their lives with our, our words and how we believe in them and, and who we surround them with, you know, and I can't wait. And you have to make the donation in during 321 in order to get that link. Correct. Um, no, but we like, that's kind of the exciting, you can go, you can yeah. go to three, one pledge.org and donate and get your own link at any time. Um, but that's when it's most exciting is that March 7th through the 21st. Like, it's just like this, like everybody's watching the thermometer rise. And I mean, it's just, um, it's so exciting. <laughs> It's like that old ad where it's like, you call three people and they call three people. And but it's just boom. It's so exciting to me. I'm like, I want to start my circle. Yes. If you go to 321pledge.org and go to the impact page and then click on like some of the, like click on me or Kelly or somebody um, and you'll be able to. Oh, it's really beautiful. Yeah, it's really beautiful. We're looking at it right now. Oh, cool. Okay. And you looked at somebody's circle. I'm looking at looking your at circle. Yours. Oh, yeah. It's really beautiful. God, isn't it pretty? It's so fun. <laughs> so, yeah, that was like my, my brain baby was like getting that out. Like that's something that we've worked really hard on is to create this um, this website that just really shows the impact that 
you know, you can make. And it's, it's, I think it's incredible. Like we have a pledge committee. So that's another way people can get involved. Um, this year, I think we had 141 pledge committee mamas and our first dad. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and these are kind of just like our champions who go out there and really kind of take hold of, you know, this concept. And uh, so, yeah, that's another great way to get involved um, and also find community because, you know, it's a bunch of passionate people from people that don't even have a kid with Down syndrome to, you know, grandmas that, you know, are just super passionate and riled up about it all. Um, and mainly, you know, mainly it's a lot of moms that are, you know, just really wanting to shout it loud and proud. So, but anyway, it, everyone's welcome. And yeah, that's kind of, how we roll, that's how we, you know, that what we do for in the March campaign is kind of dictate, dictates what we're able to give out within that year. So like this year we raised 650,000 something and we gave out 632. So it really is kind of a marker for how much we're going to be able to give out. Well, 321pledge.org and rubiesrainbow.org. Liz, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for believing because you did this. Like, I don't, I don't know how you did it. Cause I don't for sure, I, I was like, I, I just, I talk about sometimes it was when Liam was like nine, like four years ago that I finally took a breath and I could see Liam, like how you had any energy and ability to do this is amazing. But I'm so, I'm so thankful for it. Oh, you're welcome. It makes my heart so happy to help in some way. It really does bring me joy. You bring me joy. Oh, thank you. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod, or visit our website, If We Knew Then.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Oh,